Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Your Mileage May Vary. I'm your host, Mike, and as always, we're going to get into a number of topics, mostly dealing with sex and relationships, which I will treat with uh, honesty uh, and generally in good faith, as we always promise to, but um, not always. Keith is in Armenia, I'm told continuing his tour of Africa and Eastern Europe. And so I'm here handling the hosting duties alone today. I appreciated Ali hosting, co-hosting with me last week and the week before. That was fantastic. And <clears throat> Ali actually stopped by uh, Berkeley to give me three books she uh, got me. Surprise present. They are books in French by an author named Michel Wellenbeck. Uh, who I'd heard of, uh, but didn't know much about. Uh, the first one I read is, I guess, his most that I've started reading, I think is his most famous one. It's called Soumission, which is French for submission. Ali told me she thought I would like these books based on the topic. And of course, I saw that one was called Submission. And I thought, okay, this is going to be some kind of weird sexual stuff that she's foisting on me here, which is, you know, what I do weekly on this podcast. So, two others. Um, so predictably, predictably I've made it about four chapters into the book so far and, um, predictably it's, uh, got some pretty racy content in it. Um, the first, uh, bit of the book talks about a professor, uh, who every year in his seminar classes, he identifies some young co-ed that he starts dating and then he dates her <clears throat> throughout that year. And then they break up in the summertime always because the, uh, well, I guess it depends sometimes because the woman breaks up with him sometimes because he moves on. Um, but I thought it was interesting in that you have the older man and the younger woman and the professor and the student. It made me wonder if that's a theme that appeals to Allie. I'll have to ask her next time she's on. I also appreciated, so one of the things I do with these books is I have a French tutor that I work with and I bring to her expressions, words that I don't know. This book's not terribly hard to read, um, but I appreciated the little time bomb that Ali left me. Um, I already pretty much knew the word for erection and uh, masturbate in French. I mean, there's a few words, but uh, I didn't totally understand the way those words were used. And so I had the great joy of bringing one of those words um, without realizing it to my tutor, uh, an, a fine young woman who turned a little red in the face to explain to me what that meant. And then there was this nice tidbit, which I didn't know at all, brute le minou, brute le minou, which means to, to eat out a woman. Didn't know that at all, so I now know that expression at least for the time being. Um, so yeah, I mean this this book is definitely going to contain obviously a lot of uh, sex talk, and I appreciated Ali giving it to me. Uh, and I'm assuming the other books have some sort of similar uh, elements to them, so I'll check them out and maybe give some updates <clears throat> in future episodes. Um, I have a friend who has a tool he's building that basically summarizes podcasts using chat GPT. And, uh, I don't know what for, um, 
I actually tried out the tool on some of the transcriptions of our episodes, and I thought it did a very good job. In fact, it was actually it was able to pick out the tone, the context, as well as the content of what was being said, which impressed me. Um, in any event, um, I've been doing some some studying on how these tools work, and believe I may have detected a gap in the market for s- such a tool that generates literatica. Now, how do these tools work? I can say something briefly about it. They work, I think, in my opinion, the same way your brain works, although that's something that someone could debate and it's something that's a little unsettling in the sense that these tools basically take a set of previous text and predict what the future text will be or should be. Uh, There are also tools that will do this with an image, a photo, a drawing, and a piece of music. Same kind of idea. Um, And I suspect, or I I strongly suspect that's what your brain is doing as well. You're basically taking all the experiences that have been sort of mapped into your brain and just creating an output based on that. And that's also why as I sit here and talk to you, uh, I can talk naturally. I'm not stumbling over my words all the time because my brain is sort of filling in the gaps and finishing what I'm saying just in the same way one of these uh, chat GPT-like tools would you know, just sort of continue on and say things to you. Um, one thing that's gone on with these tools is that, they, is that they have been nerfed a bit. That is to say they've been um, uh, rendered uh, politically correct in various ways. And that has prevented things like literatica and the like from being generated by them. I do think that in the future, in our great glorious future, one of the tools that will that men and some women will profit from greatly will be different types of pornographic content generated by these tools. I'm somewhat confident that you'll have movies and the like that will be, well, I'm sure in the, at some point in the future they'll exist, but maybe in the near future, you'll have pornographic movies that are created on the fly by such a tool that just basically tailors it to your liking and it will seem pretty realistic. Literatica is a simpler task because it's actually a lot like what the tools already do in that you could simply consume a large corpus of literatica and then see if you can generate some. And so I thought that might be a worthy goal, uh, both interesting technologically as well as interesting for a podcast host about sex relationships. So I'll report back on that as well. Um, uh, talking with a friend today about GPT and, and the like, uh, we were talking about the submarine that tried to go to the Titanic with some very, very wealthy people on board. wasn't built as well maybe as it could have been. Who knows? And uh, then it sounds like potentially imploded in the ocean, uh, instantly killing these people. Um, <clears throat> and we were talking about you know that in this context of uh, you know what the experience for the people would be like. I, I, I think it's somewhat obvious that for them. Assuming the implosion happened all of a sudden, it actually wasn't such a bad experience. I mean, they just, as far as they knew, they were having a normal sub dive, and then that was the end of their conscious experience. Uh, but yeah, one one can't know. Maybe they, maybe there was something more that happened there. So that would be the equivalent, I guess, of one of these GPT like systems just being shut off. Right now. ChatGPT doesn't mind being shut off. Maybe in the future it will. Um, maybe it'll be taught to have a survival instinct. Um, yeah, so that's that's a 
one way to sort of imagine that. Uh, my friend was pointing out that uh, it would be sort of awful to know in advance that was going to happen. Like it could be some sort of a uh, new version of the death penalty where you put people in a submarine that's slowly descending and eventually it's going to implode. Or I guess it's more of like a horror novel. It's not really a wonderful thing to think about, but that would certainly trigger a lot of anxiety for people. So it's something it's pretty, pretty uncomfortable topic. Um, I've done a new thing. Uh, I started monitoring my glucose. Keith will be interested in this from Armenia, no doubt. Uh, my rationale was that I listened to some other podcasts, which said that, uh, your glucose numbers might be a better indication of what's going on with your health status than things like your weight and your body fat percentage and so forth. And so I got some thing off of Amazon for like $80 that, uh, you can prick your finger, which is surprisingly not painful. I can now understand what the hype behind Theranos was, the finger stick being, I guess, less painful than a hypodermic needle. Uh, I, I guess it is. It's certainly less complicated. Uh, and so now I can monitor my glucose. And yeah, I mean, like what I found is that like my numbers are not as low as they could be. Uh, and so that's something that I'm tracking. And, and maybe Keith, when he comes back, will want to track that as well. The main topic that I wanted to talk about before getting to questions here <clears throat> was trans and trans porn. Uh, I figured this was a good topic to tackle when I'm here solo because it's something that is either confusing to other people or more often generates some kind of uh, sort of masculine reaction that makes it difficult to talk about. It's a little like pegging. Pegging uh, is something that I don't think, even if a man had been pegged, he probably wouldn't want to discuss it in detail with his male friends because um, it's embarrassing. Basically, why is it embarrassing? It's embarrassing because uh, men want to sort of project a certain um, kind of sense of who they are. And it's uh, not, uh, it would not necessarily align with that. I think generally men often aren't very forthcoming. In fact, I know this, aren't very forthcoming about their sexual habits. For this reason, in other words, men don't sit around talking to each other about like how they masturbate or the like, because all these things sort of make them a little bit passive or a little bit, um, yeah, just less, less macho, I guess, which yeah, it's, it's, a, uh, I feel like there's a better way to explain that, but yeah, it's, it's sort of a simple phenomenon. Um, so, uh, similar to the pegging topic, I think that people are unlikely to give a fair hearing to the topic of trans porn and people consuming it. And the reason I think it's interesting is because its popularity is soaring. And of course, it's not just the popularity of the porn, it's the trans situation generally that's become much more prevalent worldwide and in the United States. Let me say a couple things about that first. Um, I think it's unquestionable that there is a set of people who uh, do have this emotion that they're born in the wrong body and that benefit in some way from transitioning. I think that's almost certainly true. I actually think I would say it's certainly true. I think there is obviously room for debate about what percentage of the population um, that, 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 that is. Uh, it's very unlikely that it's you know 10, 10 or more percent. Uh, it seems very unlikely, um, but it's not zero. Um, and then there's probably a spectrum of people who uh, maybe have certain feelings that direction, but um, don't 
uh, want to go that far or don't need to go that far. Or there's just some sort of feeling that they that they sort of say, okay, well, I just feel a little bit this way. And I, I feel like I sort of understand that a bit uh, in the sense that there's certain, um, I mean, like I, I at least understand that uh, that that there would be ways in which being like uh, an attractive young woman would be better than being a man. Maybe that's not a really good a good analogy, but I, I you know I could imagine liking the idea of being able to sort of have my behavior to some extent not matter that much, have people treat me super well, uh, at least superficially, um, because of my attractiveness and their their sort of desire around me. I could see that you know basically being catered to in certain ways, being compelling. I realize there's a bunch of downsides as well. But at least I can I can I can understand that. I don't think that's the motivation though behind behind the trans stuff. I think that the real sort of trans people are experiencing some uh, sort of odd odd experience of not feeling like they fit in their bodies, and that's certainly not something that I have any experience with. I would also mention though that you know there is significant evidence now that uh, while there is definitely a true set of people who are who have these feelings, who are benefited by uh, various interventions. Uh, there are also a set of people, I think certainly, who are finding it persuasive to do this because it makes them socially more interesting. It helps them, you know, it provides maybe an answer. Um, like, uh, you know, I don't feel well, maybe if I do this, I'll feel better. And so they sort of try it out uh, and then whether or not it's helpful. Um, and there certainly is some evidence that in schools in particular, the trans stuff can be a social contagion in the same way eating disorders are, meaning that one person, particularly among young girls, they hear about it from another girl and then they uh, take on the same behavior for whatever reason. Um, so it's definitely a complicated topic that uh, is, is sort of growing in importance. And as I'm sure you know, there are lots of fights going on about it. Uh, in particular in regard to whether inter medical intervention should be done on children. And I, I actually just don't know. My general sense is that if you're a child or whatever age that has this going on, you're going to have difficulties whether an intervention happens or not. And so, but as to whether the intervention helps, I'm, I just don't know. And we'll, yeah, definitely need more evidence. But I'm interested here in, in trans porn um, because according to TransHub, Trans, sorry, according to Pornhub, uh, trans porn soared in popularity uh, in 2022, uh, rising to, uh, popularity rising 75% that year. Uh, there's a whole bunch of charts and graphics from that year. The category increased massively. Um, a couple interesting things immediately that caught my eye about this. One was that the claim was that F2M searches were much more popular than M2F searches, meaning women who became men were more popular than men became, who becoming women. This was interesting to me because it's not at all what I would have expected. I would certainly have expected the opposite. But the claim is it's eight times more likely. Now, I think I discussed this with Ali last week or the week before. There's some question in my mind about the data that Pornhub releases comes to genders, although this is just what people are searching. But let me just finish my thought. Uh, Pornhub claims also that large, large, large numbers of women use the site. I strongly suspect that that's not right, that you have computers that are shared by people, by men and women, devices that are shared, devices where they just don't know the person's gender. 
and they're making some sort of optimistic assumptions or some kind of assumptions about what percentage of women. While I do, of course, believe that large numbers of women consume porn on Pornhub, I've got to think that the percentage is um, more than 90% men uh, at any given time. In any event, on this on this uh, trans subject, the reason why I think that MTF is more likely is just because of the female appearance. Because I because my prior on this is that the vast majority of the people consuming the content are going to be men. Uh, I think that men would be more interested in a, in a person that has breasts and is trying to look like a woman than in a person who's trying to look like a man. However, their data suggests that's not right. So that's confusing to me. Um, men, according to Pornhub, viewed videos tagged as trans videos 22% more than women. So that does comport with my view. But then you have this separate issue of, well, why are they all searching for female to male, which suggests maybe it's gay men who are interested in people that look like men, but I also am suspicious of that. Um, they also noted that the most searched for gender identities were non-binary and androgynous, which is also sort of strange in terms of a gender identity. That just suggests to me that people are not actually s being specific about gender identities. <laughs> However, it does make sense to me that the con consumption of such videos has gone way up. And 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 I, I I definitely have sort of seen that in the milieu. There is a growth on Pornhub Gay of F two M uh, searches, um, so there is there is some amount of gay searching for that. Uh, let's see, trans searching broadly uh, grew one hundred and forty one percent. Let's see if there's anything else interesting in here. Um, I think there's just a bunch of political stuff complaining about evangelical Christians and the like, and that's less interesting. So, so what you have as, as a backdrop to this is a, a real growth in trans porn. And I have to say, like, whereas some people I talk to just say, oh, that's, that's an absolute turnoff for me. I, I've, here's what I would say. I've found this kind of content to not be that problematic up to a point. Because I have to say that if you only show the person from the waist up, I actually, honestly, and maybe this is because I'm like uh, some, something wrong with me, but I don't think so. I actually have difficulty discerning what the gender of the person is. Uh, and so frankly, like if they're from the waist down, they have male parts. Uh, if it's just in a porn video, I don't actually care. Um, so that's one aspect where it doesn't matter. Of course, that's not going to explain somebody searching, searching for the content. Um, I think that the reason why somebody would search for the content, why a guy would search for the content has to do with um, that for a man, the female presenting aspect of it is much more important than the genitals. And I think that's sort of interesting. I realize there's some people listening to this who will say, well, that's not true for me. I, what, what matters to me is what, you know, is exactly what genitals the person has. Fine. And I'm sure that's, that's true for a certain set of people. But I think that in general for men, they are not that interested in that. Uh, let me give you another data point. There's a study... It's just a survey study, but uh, it was looking at correlations between whether being attracted to transgender women, so that's in real life, makes if that's if that relates to self-reported items that 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 would correlate with being gay, uh, and uh, the answer is no. Uh, there is no uh, there is no subjective or objective correlation that, that that occurs there, and the objective one is tested by checking for genital arousal while showing you films. So what that means is that heterosexual men uh, 
while they experience less arousal uh, and actually in even less reported arousal, so meaning their their body suggests they're more aroused than their subjective description suggested they said said they were, uh, than if it was a woman they were looking at. So if they look at a woman, they have one level of arousal. If they look at a trans woman, they have another level. If they look at a man, they have a much lower level. The point being that the trans woman is actually somewhere in between for the typical man, heterosexual man. Um, and gay men have sort of the opposite curve uh, where they are not attracted to females, they're attracted to males, and then they're somewhere in the middle for the, um, for the uh, uh, trans content. Um, and, and yeah, it's telling a little bit to me that the subjective reported data uh, is in the, is lower, meaning that people are a little bit embarrassed to, to reveal their true preferences. Um, so yeah, I mean, this suggests that what I'm saying is generally right, that men care uh, more about the uh, face, facial structure, presence of breasts, things like that, than about what's happening in their crotch area. But of course, they don't care zero about that. So it definitely changes the attractiveness level. But then you could ask, like, well, why, why are men actually going out and searching for this? And then, you know, setting aside the curious thing about why is FTM the most popular one? So let's talk about uh, MTF uh, situations first. Um, so there's a study that shows that. Uh, some set of heterosexual men express sexual interest in feminine trans individuals who have penises. Um, and it's some percentage of the men and this comports. So, so meaning there is a, there is a percentage of men who specifically find this situation arousing. This makes sense to me. And the reason it makes sense to me is because in my consumption, or this is really more like I, like I said at the top, I, for me, it's, if, if I can't tell what the gender of the person is, then it sort of doesn't bother me. And I don't feel, you know, wronged in any way. If then they pan down and the person has a penis, like, oh, okay, I see what's going on now. But I think for some people it's, it, it really bothers them emotionally to be sort of tricked quote unquote in that way. Um, these are going to be people who are actively attracted to the fact that the person has a penis and I believe that because in looking at the content, uh, in looking at sort of a relatively large spectrum of this content, uh, it's very clear that the, they're not trying to hide <laughs> the, uh, the fact that it's a trans woman, uh, in the content, uh, they are sort of making use of that. And in some ways I would actually argue making like kind of a, another type of close to hetero porn. I guess it's sort of halfway between gay and hetero porn, but it's another type of porn they're making, right? Because there are activities that can happen in that porn that couldn't happen uh, in a straight porn. Or you could, yeah, you could imagine, I mean, I guess it could happen in a straight porn in the sense that you could have men, uh, sorry, women uh, with a, a woman with a strap on, and then the other guy could give her a blowjob. He could, she could peg him. There are things like that that could happen. So, and, and there is some amount of that content online, of course. Um, so there's obviously a desire out there for from men for people that have penises but look like women, um, and that makes sense to me given the given the um, the the set of content that's available online. Um, there's another aspect that comes up immediately with this sort of stuff, which is 
the trans person is going to be interacting with most likely one or more other people in the scene. And there you could have that person interacting with a man or interacting with a woman. And I haven't actually seen something that gets to that level of detail. But I would say for me personally, if it's a trans person interacting with a woman, that's not, I don't know, I, I don't view that as very particularly different from something that I would normally consume. Because essentially, I mean, I would, the, the fact of the matter is that most of the porn that men consume contains a man, uh, unless you exclusively look at lesbian or, or women masturbating porn. And that's not, uh, that's the, those are actually like relatively unpopular categories compared to the overall spectrum of what, what you see, uh, on the internet. Um, and so, and so from my perspective, if it's a trans man with a woman, trans woman rather with a woman, then that's not really, that's the, the it, it, you can see how a person would just say, oh, this is actually some sort of better because they basically, it's, it's, it, it, you know, I've removed some of the male features from the situation. Um, if it's a trans woman, trans, sorry, it's confusing, a trans woman with a man, then of course, you know, you now just have two penises and it becomes sort of less interesting. And generally I've found that to be the case, but I have not found any data on which of those, um, which of those is more or less common. Now, I don't want to give short shrift to the FTM claims that are made by Pornhub. Um, FTM porn is basically, in my experience, the, a, a person who's transitioning, I mean, if you're transitioning from being a female to a male, you uh, are, I mean, I, I think basically objectively making yourself less attractive because I think uh, I discussed this, I think last week with, with Ali, like women are objectively more attractive than men. Generally, they have secondary sex characteristics that are more appealing. And so, uh, they're, they're doing things themselves that do that. A lot of times they will have had a, a mastectomy. And so you have that going on. Um, and they won't really, they won't, they won't have a very large penis. So if you're looking for, uh, uh, a, a big penis or a penis type stuff, you're, you're not going to see as much there. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to call Pornhub liars here, but I'm skeptical about that data. I, su I suspect that means something while, while I absolutely believe that the overall, overall numbers going way up is true. Uh, I'm skeptical of that. And I don't know if I have that much useful to say about that. I would generally say that I've found that type of porn uncompelling, except from a purely, I guess, quasi scientific standpoint. Um, uh, just just doing research for the show more or less uh and i don't really understand uh why somebody would consume that rather than just consuming porn with a man uh whereas importantly i do understand it going the other direction because basically you have this person that looks like a female but has a penis right so you have the you're getting the more attractive person that, and then for whatever reason you have a penis i also should mention uh, and we've talked about this on the show in the past, but there's absolutely a uh, demographic of men. I think it's fairly large who fetishize uh, penises, who want to give oral sex to other men. Uh, I know this from, for example, the fact that on um, uh, apps like Grinder, it's actually fairly easy to find somebody to give you a blowjob. Like in the gay community, it's easier to get. Uh, let's see, it's easier to get a blowjob than to give one which is not obviously congruent with uh, what goes on in the straight community. And I think part of that is that there is this set of people who are not really interested in a relationship. They just like giving oral sex to men. They, they fetishize penises in that regard. And so this is something obviously that like is in some ways amped up if you 
uh, have a M2F trans person because then they have the penis and they sort of look female. So you're not, uh, you're, you're, you're lowering the, the sort of gay dimension of what's going on. It's, uh, it's a person who sort of looks female. And as I mentioned before, like, uh, I have a difficulty distinguishing uh, in a lot of cases, these people are very, and actually I wanted to say also, it makes me wonder, I don't have any idea, but it makes me wonder whether these people have facial structures that are already pretty feminine before they transition. Uh, the reason why I say that is that I'm not just looking at like the absolute obvious characteristics that make somebody look male or female. I mean, there are things like the width of your chin, uh, your eye, your sort of your, the arch above your eyebrows, uh, your nose, the width of features in your face, how far apart your eyes are. There are a number of things that are masculine and feminine where there are gender differences. And a lot of times these are sort of characteristically female in these folks. And I don't know if that's plastic surgery, if they already look that way. Part of it, I'm sure, could be makeup tricks. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of clever stuff that could be done there. But uh, maybe also these are just people who were born looking a little more uh, feminine, uh, which is kind of interesting. Okay. One other thing that I found in my research on this is that, and this I, I don't like to get too political here, but data finds Republicans are obsessed with searching for transgender porn, which is interesting because, and so what does that mean? What it means is that uh, uh, people have done geographic analyses of the uh, locations, the geographic locations where people are searching for various things, whether it's on Google, uh, on Pornhub and the like. So for example, uh, the search femboy, F-E-M-B-O-Y, uh, if you do that by metro area and you look at it, it looks a lot like a map of where the red states are uh, in the red parts of places like California, uh, the Central Valley and so forth. Uh, Shemale is another good example, uh, clusters in areas like uh, rural parts of Nevada, uh, maybe down in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana and the like. Um, according to, uh, this research that I have here, the top state in terms of transgender porn, uh, is Texas. The top metro area is Wichita, Wichita Falls, Texas, which is tied with Lawton, Oklahoma, uh, yeah, Oklahoma. And then you can go down the list. It's Texas, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, Kansas, Virginia, North Carolina, Illinois. Illinois is not a, not a red state, but of course it would depend on where exactly you're talking about. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and then they have a map here that's basically showing, uh, kind of the, uh, overall set of, uh, transgender porn related search queries, uh, reported by, uh, Pornhub. And that also is, uh, looking pretty similar to, you know, where people voted for Trump. Uh, and then, you know, just more and more data sort of suggesting the same thing uh, using demographic signals that search engines and the like have in terms of uh, whether people are Republicans or Democrats. You know, the, the search engines have uh, signals based on what sites people visit. If you go to the Drudge Report, you're more likely to be Republican. If you go to Daily Cause, you're more likely to be Democrat. That's very simplistic, but that's the kind of idea showing again a, a correlation here. So, so what's going on there? And you could put that as, I mean, of course, there's, there's, uh, this is all coming in the context of some kind of discomfort in a lot of these places with transsexual stuff. Of course, people I think will be careful as I was at the top of the show or at the top of this topic to 
to draw a difference between, you know, are, are you okay with adults doing it versus interventions with children? You know, there are distinctions. It's not black and white, even though the media wants to portray it that way, both sides of the media. Uh, but, you know, there is this, but, but generally I would say, you know, it's, it's much more welcomed in a place like, uh, you know, Los Angeles or San Francisco or New York City than it is in these uh, more red areas. But that's where people are searching for these sorts of porn topics. So what's going on there? Um, my first pass thought would be that it is uh, the delta between basically, if you think that th this is probably a tendency that exists in the population, and when I say this, I mean actually not being trans, but being aroused by trans, whether it's well, all the different things I mentioned before. Uh, in terms of generally male behavior, uh, in some areas, it's something that can be can be expressed in a way that you then don't fetishize it as much. You can, um, you know, see it in real life potentially, potentially act out things. Uh, but as things become repressed uh, socially, you then move to more anonymous fora for accessing them. And so, in that sense. It makes sense to me that you basically have this thing that's linearly spread across the country, uh, but it is more and less repressed in different areas. Uh, and so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think you might see a similar trend. And in fact, I think I've seen that before with uh, searches for other, for rather, for element, for items that are much more just sort of fetishes for the same reason, because they're considered taboo in certain areas or certain religious communities and so forth. But actually, the desire for them is flat across the population. Um, which would suggest that probably these things are kind of inborn. You're just you're just sort of born that way, or it relates to like birth order, like second children want to be more submissive, or something like some some basic thing that's an ordering that happens for all people. Of course, this article that I'm looking at, you know, wants to make hay of the idea that it's some sort of political divide, and oh, let's make fun of these people. Uh, fair enough, and I think that that's that's fair play, but. Uh, I think there's something a little more interesting at play there, which is you know this this point of sort of tabooing and how that how that sort of warps people. Of course, you know, equivalently, when you have an anti-taboo or it becomes sort of popularized, you can have warping of people's behavior as well. Like I mentioned with the with the dynamics uh, that have been reported um, similar to eating disorders, uh, where people are sort of sort of think, oh, there's I don't feel well. Maybe this is the way I can do it. Now, probably there aren't men saying they don't feel well and trying out trans porn because of that, although it's not impossible. So anyway, I'd be interested uh, to hear listeners' thoughts on this topic generally. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, for my personal consumption, uh, I don't have a, I, I think a lot of guys, particularly if you talk to them, you know, if you try to engage in a conversation about this, have a big problem with it. Um, as I mentioned, I don't, I particularly don't think I have much of a problem I don't have much of a problem if it's, let me, let me flip that around. I can enjoy it if um, it's a, uh, what is it? A woman with a trans person. Now, the problem I have in that situation is mostly actually the problem I have with lesbian porn as well, or just solo female porn, which is that I generally want to kind of, I get the most out of it by pretending I'm a character in the porn. I think this happens you know, with Hollywood movies as well, you kind of imagine that you're the main character or something. There's something that happens in your brain. And so it's hard for me to sort of suspend disbelief when I don't resemble any of the characters. Uh, but I can still enjoy it. Um, as you move more toward the gay spectrum, it becomes just more sort of curiosity for me. I'm, I'm enjoying it less. 
Um, but yeah, I don't find any of it sort of noxious in the way some people would. And I actually, I, I'm always suspicious of people saying this stuff super noxious to them. I think to myself, well, maybe they're just saying that for my benefit. And then I think, well, why would they do that? They know that I reveal all this stuff about myself on the internet. And so, you know, what, who do they think they're hiding this from? But it happens anyway. Okay. So let's move on to some, some question topics. I've got a few here. We'll see how far we get. Um, this person says, my husband offered to pay me for sexual favors instead of working on the mutually fulfilling sex I asked for, WTF. I wrote here before about how my husband refuses to reciprocate in bed, and it got a lot of traction asking if I'm, uh, asking if I'm wrong to reject bad sex. Then I deleted it because I was embarrassed. Well, I'm here about a month later with a weird update. We're in our mid-20s. We've been married two and a half years. At the beginning, I had a high libido and was constantly rejected. I got on birth control to lower my sex drive, and it decreased significantly. Even when we did have sex, my husband would only do one position or style, and he only wants hand jobs without touching me or talking to me. <laughs> Man after my own heart. He only wants me to jerk him off and say degrading things to him. But unlike most subs who want to please their mistress, he only wants the pleasure to be focused on him. This is the only thing he enjoys, and he won't discuss anything else. After many tearful conversations, I made him a very detailed list of what I would like, which includes foreplay. I would like him to work on making me finish, which is something he has never tried. I told him I wanted my needs met or we won't have sex. Well, I caved and three more times I gave him what he wanted because I felt like I owed him. Tonight he asked for the usual and I said no because you haven't been listening to what I asked at all. Then he offered me to pay me to do what he wants. <laughs> my heart broke a little and I realized he really did see this transactionally and I'm basically just a free sex worker to him. I said no, of course, and I literally told him to see a real dom and spend his money on that and he said no. My list of wants wasn't even hard. It was just stuff like tell me I look pretty without me asking and touch me occasionally. So what's going on here? Uh, I think that this uh, person has, this the man in the situation has a pretty unhealthy, uh, and I wouldn't say this normally, but he has a pretty unhealthy <laughs> uh, set of expectations around sex. Uh, it makes sense to me that she, uh, that, that he essentially, uh, yeah, I mean, he, wants to uh, basically have something like a free sex worker. I think that's correct. Uh, and uh, it's sort of bizarre, his response. Of course, all of the people responding to this are saying that, you know, he's just he's just a horrible person. He wants a fleshlight, not a wife, and so on and so forth. Um, in this case, I, I tend to agree with him. Uh, it's such a bizarre, it's such a bizarre thing. In fact, it's such a bizarre thing that to 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 read and to hear that it makes me wonder uh, if it's even possible that it's true, certainly it's not something that you know he would admit if somebody came up on the street and asked him about it, or even probably in a, a therapy situation, he would be reluctant uh, reluctant to admit that. Uh, he obviously has a lot of hangups, and he's sort of embarrassed about the specific thing he wants. Um, and it's too bad for her because uh, <clears throat> because you know, yeah, I mean, what she wants, I would say, is more or less normal, and actually, it's like sort of on the high end, probably or possibly of normal for a woman. Um, and so that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of ironic. It makes you wonder sort of how, uh, how she ever got into this situation. Um, because yeah, I mean, what he's offering is, is so completely uncompelling to her. One other point I would make is that this, let me think about this. I mean, this, if you turn the, the roles around and make, uh, him, the woman and her, the man, uh, it, yeah, it still doesn't really work, but I was going to say maybe it resembles a situation that could be a more commonplace situation where 
the guy is just saying, well, I want this, but you know, I just want to have a normal sex life. And the woman is sort of blowing him off. But normally a woman wouldn't say, oh, I, you know, I, I, I don't want a normal sex life. I just want you to rub my clit, uh, you know, for 20 minutes and then I'm going to go to bed and, and hide from you. That would be a pretty unusual thing. But there is some analogy here, I guess, to like your classic sort of dead bedroom situation with a woman where the woman has an unreasonable thing. Okay. You could have a dead bedroom either way, but I mean, specifically the more common case where it's the woman who's has lower libido. Uh, and, um, uh, she has an unreasonable thing she wants, which is, you know, I want to, uh, be in this relationship, but have absolutely none of the intimacy. And I think that's relatively common. I, I know it's relatively common actually. Um, from from years of reading this junk. Uh so yeah, I mean I think that it's not but 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 a man having that kind of an expectation is is pretty unusual and um it makes you wonder if he's just doing that to um blow off sex completely. I also don't really know what paying. I guess maybe they don't merge their finances as a married couple because obviously paying it's sort of annoying actually when you're married because you can't like make bets with your spouse because it doesn't mean anything. So, you know, if you, if you're sure you're right about something and the last time I was sure I was right about something actually was, I thought I was certain, I was positive that you could recycle well, that it was effective, you know, that they would take it if you recycled, um, yeah, what do they call it? Well, toilet paper, what's the, uh, um, paper towels, (laughs) lost my words there. If if you could recycle paper towels and and I was certain, I was like, look, obviously you can recycle them. They're, they're paper. Well, if you Google it, you, you can, I mean, that they just put in the trash. Of course, my contention is largely they put everything in the trash and what's, what's so bad about that. I mean, they, uh, uh, landfills later turn into, um, uh, parks often. Anyway, no need to litigate that. Here's another question. Boyfriend doesn't want to go down on me. And the reason is quite silly. And if I, if I, if my French memory were perfect, I could remember the term. Maybe some of you remember from the beginning of the show what the term is for that in French. Yep. So I, 18 year old female asked my boyfriend, 20 year old male today, if maybe he would like to go down on me. And he told me politely that he wouldn't because of masculinity and ego. So basically what I'm asking is how does going on a, going down on a woman affect masculinity? Cause I definitely don't see any, anything non-masculine about it but I respected his decision <laughs> because we both want to do what we're both comfortable with, but it sucks because I do give him head LOL, but he pleasures me fingers and rubs my clit. He just doesn't do head. Uh, but he said in the future, maybe he might, that's smart. Um, so I, I think this is sort of, it's, it's relatively obvious what's going on here is that the guy doesn't want to be in the more submissive role. It makes him uncomfortable uh, doing something where he's not extracting pleasure, where he's not where it's not, you know, where it's, it's not even partially about him. I guess it is a bit about him. They're men and it's always kind of grosses me out when I read this, but they're men who will say things about how, you know, they could just go down a woman for, for hours and days on end. And I, it grosses me out. Cause it's like, you shouldn't do anything involving a bodily function for that long. Like something, something will go wrong, uh, eventually. Uh, but, but so there are men who get something out of it. Um, but it, it is definitely not a position where you're taking the dominant role typically. Um, and it's, I mean, it's something, let's say this, like if you took a set of guys who were friends, like say they're, I don't know, they're the same fraternity or maybe that's a bad example. They're just friends who hang out at a bar on Thursday nights or something, a set of men. And, and, and you said to them, look, you guys have to, there have to be sex acts. Uh, I'm going to require you to like 
watch videos of each other's sex acts and just see what the, you know, what, what would be the, what would be the, the one that they struggled against the most? Well, of course, if they were, you know, anything involving pegging and things like that, but I mean, this would be sort of higher on the list than, you know, him, you know, the man giving doggy style sex or getting a blowjob. Like those would be ones that they would be more inclined. And this, this vibes with me, this is how I would feel too. I mean, I would want, I would, I would definitely, if there, if I, if I had to have one video of me having sex shared on the internet, I would probably pick me getting a blow or something like that or something. Yeah. Something where I seem kind of masculine and dominant. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, something where I'm more passive, uh, would not be great. Now people in the comments here, you know, are pointing out, Hey, you're, you're pleasing a woman that's compelling, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's true. Um, I actually agree with that. And so I, I also struggle with like, well, what's, what's really going on here in my mind? Like, why, why do I sort of agree? I mean, like, I don't agree with this guy refusing to do this, but I understand where he's coming from, that it's not, it's sort of out, it's a little bit atypical. I mean, one thing I could point out is that I think that when women are asked to do more dominant things, they don't really love it a lot of the time. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, things like, uh, being on top, uh, sitting on a guy's face, for example, whichever direction they're facing. And I should point out I, for Keith's benefit here that, I mean, I just, I've been counting as I watch porn and I watch a lot of it, the percentage of time I, I have been paying attention to this. I have a, t the percentage of time that, uh, when people, uh, do this act, uh, the woman is facing toward the man's, uh, sort of toward the head, toward the headboard, call it versus toward his feet. And my tally's at 50-50, and both are above 10. I have, to, I have to find it here, but it's something like 17-17. So there's an awful lot. I mean, this, this act doesn't show up in porn that much, but there's an awful lot there. Um, anyhow, so I, so I, understand, I understand why. Uh, but anyway, so women, yeah, women have a similar, a similar sort of typical response to uh, what they do and don't want to do here uh, to men. And yeah, it's just, yeah, and, and there are elements... <laughs> elements of what happens during sex that are weird, right? I mean, you can think back maybe to being in high school or something and what you would talk about with your friends, probably nothing, but the most likely sex act you would talk about would be getting a blowjob or fucking. The least likely would be things where there's no woman involved, so masturbating or things like this. And well, and the absolute least likely would probably be, you know, receptive, you know, oh, I, I gave a blow to somebody, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously he needs to get over that because it's not, uh, it's not productive in an intimate atmosphere. Um, okay. Let's move on to another one. Uh, my 34 male girlfriend, 28 female never wants sex, but regularly masturbates to porn. It sounds like, a, sounds like the, the gender should be reversed here, but it's a, it's a woman who masturbates to porn and does not want sex. Uh, and the man, uh, is complaining about this. Um, Okay. My girlfriend of over six years now has always had a significantly lower sex drive than me. It was okay at first because we did have a fair amount of sex two to three times a week, but now we are down to like once or twice a month. The situation has made me more understanding and educated on women's sexuality as I've done so much research on this over the years because I really love my girlfriend and I want this relationship to last. We've come such a long way and flourish over... Oh, this is awful. Okay. I also try to ensure she orgasms when you do have sex as we found a position which allows me to thrust her while she uses her vibrator on her clitoris at the same time. Okay, that's believe. I thought I thought he was going to say 
that just the position gets her off. And then I was going to, I was, I was prepping uh, a harangue about that, but okay. The vibrator makes it checks out. She probably is orgasming. She says she enjoys having sex most of the time, but just never is in the mood. But then she masturbates to guy on guy porn almost every day. I've also walked in on her masturbating to porn just a few minutes after rejecting my advances. Yikes. I tried to compromise again by asking what that we masturbate together when she feels like it since she prefers masturbating. But even that doesn't seem to work as she never asks me to masturbate with her and rejects me when I bring it up. She says masturbating with her vibrator while watching porn is not as sexual for her as it's more of a stress relief. I understand that some people masturbate as a quick fix to relieve tension, but to be honest, I feel like it is somewhat unhealthy when your mind is conditioned to only enjoy masturbating to porn as a way to release tension. Whether it makes you orgasm in one minute or one hour, dedicating this much time to masturbating to orgasm almost leaves no opportunity to actually think, want, or feel the need to have sex. To me, it seems like some kind of porn addiction. Am I wrong for thinking this way? Uh, I mean, the genders here, It's this is a situation that would, in most cases, sort of be the reverse, although probably the guy would do both. <laughs> He'd be available for both activities. Uh, although, you know, I think that, I think in this day and age, I'm, I'd be relatively confident that a large percentage of men have actually turned down sex for masturbating instead. And and it's for the same reason, actually. So this makes sense to me. It's basically you, well, I'm trying to remove myself from it a little, although I'll bring myself into it in a minute. You're basically trying to avoid the complexity of what would have to happen to sort of get that release in a full act, right? So, I mean, one obvious one is you don't want to deal with the other person, you know, desire for pleasure. So you don't have to deal with that. If you're going to just masturbate, you could just sort of do your own thing. Uh, another thing is that like, there might be, um, kind of intimate, <laughs> I'm already bringing myself into like intimacy related things here that, you know, you might not feel like doing, you don't, in other words, you feel like getting a release, but you don't actually want to sort of, you don't, yeah, you're not, you're not interested in, in another person in a real, another real life human at that moment. And I've got to think this actually is common for men. It definitely is a thing that happens to me where like, I don't, I, it's much more mechanical. I just want to sort of get on with my day and have this experience. Um, and there's another part for men, which is that like, there's a more, there's more of a variety of experience available via porn. Is that addiction? I mean, maybe, um, I don't think that it necessarily has to lower, well, for this guy, or this woman rather, it obviously looks like it lowers her interest potentially in uh, her uh, boyfriend, uh, but it doesn't have to do that. I think that you could you could do both. And I don't really, this notion that he's addicted to porn or she's addicted to porn rather, I don't think is exactly right because I think that it serves a different function. I mean, it can, porn can move over and serve the same function as sex, but I think it generally serves a different function, um, to, uh, particularly for men, but in this case for a woman. Um, so yeah, I don't, and, and in terms of my personal, my personal experience with this, it's definitely like, I think I mentioned that it's more like not just, yeah, just not wanting to have to sort of, uh, think about and care about the other person's experience all the time. Uh, and I mean, I think that, I think that's probably a pretty common, common experience. Um, somebody says that they, they think that her sex drive has devolved down to a dopamine release addiction. I think that's what a sex drive partly is. It's not completely true. Um, although you can ask yourself as a man, for example, uh, well, I mean, I asked Allie yeah, last week, you know, if, uh, she thinks that her, uh, sexual experience is heightened by 
doing the thing that physically would would impregnate her if she were interested in having kids and not on birth control, et cetera, et cetera. And she sort of thought, no, but I'm skeptical of that. I think that there's some subconscious dimension to that. Um, and uh, you could say something similar for men. Uh, would you find sex compelling if there were if orgasm were if it weren't pleasurable? Would you do it anyway? I've actually not really considered this before. Um, so I mean, basically, the experience would be fingering the woman with your penis. There'd be sort of nothing going on. I guess it would be like if you took Viagra, uh, but you just had not you know no interesting sensations there, and you just did it for a while, and then some stuff came out, and that was the end. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I would be interested in doing it then. <laughs> like, I mean, aside from if you wanted to have kids, I think that would be the rationale. I think it would just be a thing people generally wouldn't do. Uh, so that suggests to me that uh, sex drives are related to sort of, I mean, sex drives are sort of fundamentally kind of addictions. Uh, you know, so you're, 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 you're pleasure seeking, uh, which makes sense to me. That's why sex is pleasurable. And so saying that, you know, so saying, oh, you're addicted to this thing that you're, you know, that your body makes pleasurable because it's trying to get you to reproduce is a little bit uh, BS to me. Um, what makes more sense to me is that, yeah, she, she, she doesn't want to deal with her boyfriend. She wants to, she just wants to have orgasms and, and be able to move on. There could be various reasons for that, uh, problems in the relationship and so forth. Um, but I don't think that, uh, it's not that far fetched. And I actually think a guy would kind of understand that. Um, yeah. And I mean, maybe it's a lot of these things wind up just being fatal to the right relationship. So maybe that's the right diagnosis. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, girlfriend grabbed my balls and I'm confused. I'm a 28 year old man and my girlfriend, 29 year old female are almost have been together almost seven months. We have an amazing sex life, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes she fondles my balls while I really, well, which I enjoy. It's relaxing for both of us. One month ago, we wrestled for fun and she grabbed my balls. She didn't squeeze. She didn't inflict pain on me, but she owned my manhood. I was shocked. She smiled and said, now you are mine. Now say you are mine. I couldn't say anything. I, sh I She saw how scared I was and kissed me. It sounds like a kind of, I, I would like to have a literotica chat GPT that does better literotica than this. This is not that high test. She released me, gave me water <laughs> and told me she's going to do it more. And besides fondling, she grabs them from time to time, sometimes squeezes lightly until I say she is the boss. I like being a sub in bed. I like being fondled, and I've always been interested in soft CBT. So that's uh, not cognitive behavioral therapy. In this case, it's cock and ball torture. But this felt different. Ever since I'm waiting for her to grab me, but I'm terrified of her power, I feel weaker, dominated, and excited at the same time. When I ask about grabbing, she says, your balls are amazing. They let me pleasure and control you. Enjoy it. How is this possible? Why do I want to risk myself? I'm so confused. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think that's confusing. Although I think that, uh, <clears throat> I mean, he's lucky, I guess, if he's found somebody who wants to do that, because I think that, I mean, the, the, the demographic or the, the, the size of the demographic of men that want to be submissive like this and women that want to be dominant is sort of smaller than the other way around. And so he's, you know, it's, I guess he's lucky if that's what he found. Um, I don't think that it makes sense to me that there's like, I mean, it makes sense to me that the power play that's going on here, the woman sort of like enjoying probably lightly enjoying the fact that she can hurt him. Of course, you know, there are lots of ways to hurt somebody. Uh, so it's not, not that, uh, uh unusual of a thing. Um, someone suggested they should have a safe word, which I guess makes sense. Although frankly, with that kind of thing, like once you've been injured, it might be too late. Like there's not <laughs> the, the time, lag between 
her doing the thing that could potentially injure you and you being pretty badly injured uh, is pretty short. I have a few other topics here that I'd like to get to, so I'm going to sort of run through them a little more quickly. Uh, I actually didn't know if I'd make it a full hour this episode, but I think I talked at more length than I expected to about the trans topic. Uh, what should I do while he's coming? Right after he pulls out of me to come, <laughs> I tend to, <laughs> this sounds fake, I tend to whip around and deep throat it while he's orgasming because I don't know, I just feel that would feel good for him. I always find it awkward to watch him nut into his hand, into his hand, or on me, even though that's really hot. I also just really like the taste feeling of sperm going down my throat. It feels intimate and erotic. My question is, what do men prefer while they're coming? Is it too sensitive for you guys when we suck on it while you're climaxing? Do you prefer pressure? Okay, this sounds like somebody's looking for a porn, but I'll answer it as if it's not. Should we just leave you alone to spasm into your hand? That's another question. Okay, that one's probably a no. Um, generally speaking, men don't care uh, for the most part. What men like is the sort of emotional uh, engagement of the woman. So uh, no, leaving you to jerk off into your hand is not going to be uh, on the menu. But basically all of the other things uh, work. It depends on the guy in terms of like, is it too sensitive to suck on it while they're climaxing? In fact, there's uh, a fair amount of this that happens in porn. There's like in porn, like sometimes there'll be guys who, where the woman does this and obviously the guy's fine with it. And I always, it always bothers me because I don't like that. I like less um, uh, action during that period of time. Um, but so, so yeah, always, so it makes me cringe a little bit to see, to see that in porn. I'm sure there are guys where it's the opposite, where they're like, wait, why is she, why is she, you know, now doing nothing to him uh, while he's orgasming? Uh, but generally the main thing is that is the sort of engagement and involvement of the woman, like seeming like she's interested in it. So, I mean, things that would be bad would be, <clears throat> you know, wherever it goes, like acting like it's gross or getting upset about it. Although you could get upset like 30 seconds later and maybe the guy wouldn't care as much. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's a time and a place. Uh, yeah. So generally it sort of doesn't matter as long as you seem interested and involved and excited. I'd like to do one more topic here. Uh, why do men jackhammer? So this is something that came up a bit last week with Ali, where we were talking about something that comes up a lot in porn. And I'd like to actually find one that we can watch that uh, demonstrates this habit that men have. But basically, um, men in porn, uh, very, very, very vigorously masturbating uh, because probably they have death grip. Anyway, it's something that comes up in death grip, obviously being the thing where men <clears throat> masturbate so much and so vigorously that they, that's the only way they can orgasm. So this woman says, I've recently started a new relationship and the guy is great in every way. I adore him. But when it comes to sex, if I'm on top and controlling the situation and speed, it's perfect. But when he takes control, he'll jackhammer like there's no tomorrow. The speed does nothing for me at all and borders on uncomfortable. Yep. My bits are sore afterward. I've only come across it twice now. Is there a reason some men do this? Can you not orgasm unless it's fast and furious? Or do you think it's what we women like? I've spoken to my girlfriends. None of them enjoy it. How can I gently tell him I don't like his style? Is it possible this is the main way he gets off? I don't want to ruin sex for him, but equally I don't enjoy lying there wishing he'd finish up quicker. So this gives you an example of a thing that a woman might be thinking during sex that would differ from kind of the hoped for or dreamed of uh, thought process that the guy has. I think that it's 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 likely both that he uh, this is what it takes for him. I mean, it could be a number of reasons, but most the most likely is going to be death grip. He's just masturbated so furiously in his life. Uh, that he's not, he just has limited sensation. It could also relate to circumcision, types of circumcision. 
Uh, the other thing is there is a lot of content out there that suggests that this is what a woman wants. I, I think for a man, I don't think women, I think women don't understand. I mean, as confusing as their own bodies might be for them. And of course it depends on the woman. It's can be doubly so for men and particularly because there's basically a lot of fake news out there, a lot of false information that uh, would tell a man, oh, you know, this is something that's great. So there's a lot, a ton, an incredible amount of porn where women sort of encourage men to have this behavior. They act as if this is what they enjoy. And to be fair, for some period of time, it could be enjoyable for the woman for various reasons. And they're also, I mean, particularly if he's enjoying, but also just this notion of like him being, you know, it's just a very vigorous thing and that can be exciting. If it's all that happens, it's not going to be what the woman wants. It's not going to work for her. Um, and a much better way for a man to understand what women want is to, you know, watch them masturbate. Um, you know, see, yeah, see what they, or maybe they could show them, you know, what what is a porn that they enjoy. Uh, so it's very likely that this woman actually needs to uh, have that sort of tough conversation with the guy. Whether or not he needs to sort of like dampen down his masturbation frequency, I'm not sure about that. But like he may actually genuinely not understand what uh, women enjoy in the bedroom uh, and may just be confused about that. And it wouldn't be that surprising given uh, the, the culture doesn't exactly help in that in that territory. Uh, so that, yeah, I think this, this Jack Herring, Hammering thing is, I actually think it's um, moderately common. I've heard it in person from a number of women in my life. Um, and it's confusing to them. And it's also sort of depersonalizing or dehumanizing a little bit because the, the, the thing I've heard, I mean, it's, it, it's analogous to this thing of like being used as a fleshlight, which of course some women find exciting. And, and I think many women would find it exciting for a period of time, right? It's like they're being put into a role. The problem is when it's all that happens and then it's like, well, you know, what, what, what can I hope for in this situation? There's not, there's just not much here for me. Uh, and that's, that's the kind of situation that's being described here. And I think that's, that's more common than you might think. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's challenging for men to get good information. That's why we try to provide uh, actual information here on YMMV. So anyway, that'll do it for episode uh, 123 of Your Mileage May Vary. You can reach us at the normal places, uh, ymmvpod at gmail.com and Twitter at ymmvpod. We always enjoy getting feedback and suggestions or questions from listeners. Of course, if you send us a question, please indicate whether we can use it on the podcast. We we, we generally don't reveal people's identities or that kind of stuff, uh, but we would like to know if we can use it. Um, and we'll catch you next week. Je me goûte.